Antonio's tech industry has been transforming over the past few decades. And CEO Janie Gonzalez has seen a whole lot from the early days when we still referenced the World Wide Web to now in an era of social media dominance. There's a lot of smart people inside Antonio that really just need a hand up. And, and in many ways, that's always been what WebHit's all about, representing the underdogs. I think that I've always been a pioneer in, in, in inclusiveness and making my lead a minority a competitive edge. In this week's episode of Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five, producer Kristen Dean sits down with her for a conversation about her experiences in the industry, what's next for her own career, and her take on the landscape. Janie Gonzalez is CEO of Webhead Technologies, a San Antonio company started in 1994, just when the World Wide Web was becoming common in people's homes and in businesses. This month, her company launched a new software factory, which she explains is bringing something unique to San Antonio. We begin our conversation with the early years of her career and the beginning of Webhead Technologies. My name is Janie Gonzalez. I'm the CEO of Webhead Technologies, known as Webhead. Um, God, you know, it goes way back. I think what inspired me really was my upbringing. You know, I was raised a humble beginning, saw my parents struggle, and I kind of kind of was very self-aware of what the world wanted me to be, either a housewife, uh, work for a hotel, uh, be a waitress. And there was nothing else. You know, my dad was a mechanic. My mother was a domestic goddess who really was a uh, really a pioneer of micro enterprises. To make ends meet, she always had a pop-up, right? So I learned really, really early on that I didn't want, there was a lot of things that I loved about my mom and my dad, but the thing that I didn't like was a lack of edu education and the lack of opportunity. So I kind of knew that I wanted to break uh, the cycle of poverty or lack of higher education. So I was determined to, to go to college. And around that time, I was dating someone that was already in college who said, well, why can't you go? And I said, because well, tradition says otherwise, right? And so that was the beginning of me just saying, oh, you go to college. How do you do it right? So eventually I ended up going to uh, a community college, Palo Alto College, and I got more inspiration there. Decided to uh, pursue a degree in sociology. Um, how that helped me with Webhead, you'll learn later. And then eventually passed to UT, uh, uh, transferred to UTSA and graduated from UTSA. But before I graduated, this individual that was going to college, I ended up marrying, and he ended up being a computer scientist. And one of his jobs um, was working for the high-performance high computing lab because there were no minorities that were Hispanic participating. There were students that were Chinese, there were students from other cultures, but no Hispanics in the computer lab. As you know, there's very little participation in STEM from Hispanics, right? African-Americans and Hispanics are nowhere near where they need to be in numbers when it comes to STEM. So he was recruited. Uh, he was doing some really high-end, high-performance computing stuff, but I would walk in and take him lunch. We were married already by then. And it was my first exposure to Netscape. You're really young, but that was one of the first browsers. And then um, I asked a lot of questions like, well, what are you doing? He was like, well, my job right now, besides everything I'm doing is I'm establishing the first web server 
at UTSA and it's called, this thing is called the World Wide Web, the internet. And I just said, it had me at hello. The moment that I understood in very layman's term what the World Wide Web was, I applied my sociology background of understanding how people interacted in cultures and work and space and family units and everything. And I said, you know what? This will transform as cliche as it sounds the way we live, work and play. And so we, I encouraged him uh, to start Webhead. And we started Webhead in 1994 out of our house in District 5, Ken's 5, District 5, in the uh, area that we grew up in. And I said, um, and we're going to start our own business. And sure enough, those were the days where there was very little ISP providers. As a matter of fact, some of the TV stations were ISP providers. And so we started doing a lot of work for everybody who had funding. We got no funding, even though at the beginning of 1994, we were innovative in the solutions that we were building. We just couldn't get the respect being a minority startup out of a house in District 5 where Burbank was located, no one paid attention to us. And so we just pretty much grew the company organically. And in my original role was really supporting the company, but my vision was more ambitious than Bill or our new partner, Roger. And so I decided to quit my full-time job and then just run it. And once I took over, uh, we grew like 200% and 400% and 500%. And of course, they they blame my growth basically on the internet, you know, 1.0 wave. And in many ways, uh, when the dot-com kind of busted, I did feel like, whoa, well, maybe it wasn't really my gift or my vision for web and internet technologies and how it could transform the everyday user, how it could empower an everyday user and empower a small business to pretty much take their products online, right? And then social connections online, right? And so what I discovered was that after the internet kind of kind of plateaued, the technology didn't plateau, but the market did. I realized that all the men that mainly everybody that survived were men, like Jeff Bezos, you know. Michael Dell, I think Fiona was the only one from Compact. And I said, holy crap, things are going to get harder for me. The thing that allowed me to not have to break to a a glass ceiling, I was able to create my own career online. I was able to compete online. No one cared about my gender, my skin color. All they cared about was that I had knowledge to this new technology and platform all of a sudden became a a reality barrier. So I decided to stick it out. And so 27 years later, Webhead went from a startup from a house to an upstart with three employees to 58 employees throughout the United States, working with very large clients in the government space, like the Department of Defense, the Air Force, you know, the Army, And then we just rolled out a software factory, one of the first minority owned software factories in San Antonio. So my vision was simple. It was to create space for minority men and women in an industry that, again, we weren't expected to do it, to break grounds, to leverage technology that could propel us into a whole different spectrum 
without having to ask permission or for trends to catch up like today where diversity and inclusiveness is cool. I think that I've always been a pioneer in, in, in inclusiveness and making my, being a minority a competitive edge, just, just like leveraging uh, internet technology. Gonzalez began her career at a time when not many people looked like her. She is proud to be the first Latina CEO in San Antonio and proud to have maintained her business operations in San Antonio's urban core. Think about it, in 1994, and, and, and to be clear, it was the first Mexican-American female to open a business in uh, District 5, which is the San Antonio Independent School District on the west side. And our first home office was on West Commerce and Buena Vista. And so I've always been very true to my roots and demonstrated the ability to foster innovation and economic development, no matter where you're from. We took web headed from West Commerce to East Commerce when, you know, back then they were uh, uh, revitalizing warehouse building spaces such as the Frederick building. And now I'm in District 1, which is, as you've seen, the pearls nearby and central downtown. So I've always had a vision for staying in the urban core inner city just because the talent pool is great. The diversity of talent is amazing. How does it make you feel personally to have been such a pioneer and to have paved the way for, you know, other Mexican, Mexican Americans, I mean, other women? I, I'm very proud of what we've done with, we started with $500 to today be a multi-million dollar firm. Am I disappointed in the zero, zero in the multi-million dollar amount? Yes, I am. I expect it today to be 25 million or 10 million and I'm not. And it's not for lack of trying. I think the lack of scalability and, and no matter how hard we work as a company, you know, the bigs always get all the attention. They get, well, they have really good funding and our business model, unfortunately, was no longer to be sold, but just organic growth, right? So there, there's a part of me that, that is mixed, right? I'm, I'm passionately frustrated too that there are not more web heads right, in San Antonio. There's a lot of startups and, and startups are getting funding, but there isn't a lot of homegrown IT companies that are around doing fairly well in or out of the 80 program, a government funded program or fund, VC funded. I will, I'm, a, I'm disappointed with that. Um, I, I think that there's a lot more in San Antonio than when I first started, there's a lot of companies I'm proud of. There's a lot more women in the industry I will say that it was really interesting to see the evolution of women in technology, but you find a big acceptance in women in social media, but you don't necessarily find it so much in software development or engineering or biosciences. And so you even then you see how we, we continue to want to put women in certain boxes, right? And, and again, there's nothing wrong with being a, an influencer and, and having a successful social media company. But again, I think that the, the, the industry continues to try to put us in boxes, which makes it even harder for women in STEM to succeed, right? So very proud of our organic growth in history and, and very happy to be the many of first, the first to start a tech company, the first to generate more than a million dollars in revenue in San Antonio, to celebrate 27 years of history, to now open a software factory, but very passionately frustrated that um, we haven't, we've made a dent 
we have not made a significant amount of difference in, in a field that I think, you know, San Antonio could significantly benefit from. And, and we don't need to be Austin either. I'm going to argue that we don't need to be the Austin tech scene. I think that San Antonio has a lot of unique strength and, and um, you know, with the military, with uh, health IT. I mean, there's a lot of big nuggets here that we have aviation, you know, manufacturing. Um, so I, I really wish that sometimes we were more unique in our selling proposition and not aspire to be like Austin, but to continue to be unique San Antonio, even when it comes to STEM. I think again, being an underdog and being a minority is a competitive edge when you're underestimated in your capabilities and someone discovers you and you can do the same great work that you can get in the East Coast and the West Coast in San Antonio. So there's a lot of pride in that. Um, well, that actually leads me to one of the questions um, that I was going to ask you. And we talk a lot on, on the podcast about the differences between San Antonio and Austin. That always draws comparisons. Um, but we always want to know from everyone we talk to, um, how do you think it's going in San Antonio as far as uh, you know, diversity of industries, the tech industry, our growth in San Antonio? Um, how do you think it's, how do you think that's all going and what do you think we need well, to I do? mean, obviously, if we're going to compare it to California and you're going to compare it to Austin, you know, we're, we're, we're not there, right? But if you were just to look at San Antonio's history, just its history alone, right? I think in 27 years, we've made some significant headway. We really have. We just, it gets overshadowed when you're not recruiting the type of big brand companies like, you know, Tesla and, you know, you're not, you know, you, you don't attract that and therefore people are like, oh, there's nothing. But there is, there is a lot of pockets of great uh, tech focus or biomed focus or manufacturing focus organizations that are doing really well. I mean, we have a significant amount of data centers and we are leading in so many ways. I think UTSA is doing a really good job with their cyber program. You know, I think AM San Antonio is doing another great job with cyber. You know, I, I think you have a lot of you have a lot of new uh, startup VC funding um, uh, happening in San Antonio. I've never, I mean, to hear a company get funded for 25 million, you didn't see that back then when I first started. So I think we're unique. I think what makes San Antonio special is really our regional approach. I think that what we don't highlight enough is our binational a, a relationship with Mexico and the United States. I do a lot of tech cross-border um, uh, commercialization or presentation of, of, of relationships. You know, we don't look at how deep we have relationships with Canada and Mexico and other countries where that exchange of intellectual property and commercialization and technology is taking place. You know, so I would say if you just measure us for just us, I think we're doing great. I think that we are very, very regionally strong. A lot of, especially South Texas and, and border cities look to us as leaders. And I think we really are. You know, I, obviously if you compare us to Austin and, and California where, you know, we, we've made a dent. But when you think of our history and you think of where we are today, I think we're doing a very good job. I also was going to ask you about the, software factory yeah, that, sure. that your company um, is opening. 
Sure. So there's there's a couple of already software pack factories here in San Antonio, and and um, I believe one is Level Up, and Air Force uh, uh, focused. The difference between theirs and ours would just be that we have no constraints being privately owned, right? Uh, we adhere to the best practices of dev, op, dev secure ops, right? But we don't have the constraints and military requirements of constraints of security per se. And so I think that's really a unique proposition that there's more flexibility and in being innovative and, and, and taking. So ours has a really large R&D component to it of taking um, large legacy proprietary systems and then using commercial technology. The other thing too is, uh, again, what makes us unique, I think that I'm very proud of is my entire dev team, even though it were EEO, um, is 100% Hispanic. Um, and there's a reason for that. And, and the reason was that the pandemic created a shortage of IT professionals. So I had to get really creative in how I was going to recruit. And I looked to South Texas. A good portion of our team is from the Valley. And it's an example, again, of leveraging my culture and leveraging Webhead's history and story to attack talent that is proud to be part of a minority-owned, woman-owned software factory. And um, are you guys actively hiring right now? We just went through a major hiring. Uh, I'm not, but around here, it doesn't hurt. You know, we're not, we, we just hired, believe it or not, in three months, we hired 15 new people. I'm a little exhausted from hiring right now. However. Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So please follow us because honestly, we, we are always hiring talent. Some of the areas obviously will be software development. Uh, we, we are handling a couple of national accounts for social media. And so social media specialists and analysts, uh, uh, data analytics is another area and security professionals. So those are our top needs, security professionals, cloud professionals, software developer, full stack. We're technology agnostic. We don't discriminate uh, as far as what technologies we use. And then social media, of course, and then data analysts. And so... Those are the, the ones that will probably in the next quarter or so hire more up. But yes, no, in three months, we hired uh, 15 individuals, like I mentioned, and it was pretty exhausting. Like I said, it was really hard to find. Um, it's a very competitive market, so it was tough. Not that we didn't find the talent, but they can choose wherever they want. So we were very excited that we were able to attract a really solid team right now that we're really proud of. That was producer Kristen Dean with this week's edition of Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five. For more episodes like this one, you can visit kensfive.com slash commerce street or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.